Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Oh, welcome back to It Could Happen Meow. That was horrible. You didn't like that, Garrison? <laughs> no. Well, eh, they can't all be winners. Uh, this is part, I guess, three of our coverage of the Consumer Electronics Show and what the tech industry has in store for all of us in the future. Um, last episode, we talked about the stuff we saw at CES that was both cool and optimistic and spoke to some some potentially positive trends in tech. And today we're going to get back to what we do best, which is making you feel bad. But first, I want to open this up a little bit with Garrison. You're a Canadian. You're, you're, you're a very young Canadian, 20 years old, grew up in a cult. And now you have just seen Las Vegas, Nevada for the first time. Did it change your life? Um... I mean, I, I guess so. I, I, I guess, I guess it did change my life in, in my perception of Las, in what Las Vegas is, and my desire to never return. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we we've been able to spend I, pr- pr- probably around half our time at CES, the other half yeah. just uh, so soaking in the impeccable mm-hmm. vibes yeah. of Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, I, I've been I've been tour guiding you around uh, soberly and safely. We went to the um, Venetian and the Palazzo. We took a very expensive gondola ride. <laughs> that was an expensive gondola ride. <laughs> Got to see the beautiful blue skies of Venice mm-hmm. and all their four corners. Um, yeah, your reaction to seeing inside the Venetian. If you've never been, the Venetian, the interior of it, it's this massive casino, as they all are. They're all like 
small towns inside buildings. Yeah, massive. And, and the Venetian is like a replica of the city of Venice with a fake sky and that is one giant mall. Uh, I, I believe it's the second largest hotel in the world. Yeah, it is um, unbelievably large, uh, incredibly expensive, and the fidelity of like the fakeness of all of these things that are based on real stuff is is quite high too. It's it's a yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because some of the most impactful stuff is all of like the fake storefronts inside because in many ways they're kind of just all glorified malls. Yeah. Um and glorified arcades, a la slot machines. And it's funny because like, you know, they, 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 they make all of these facades on the inside. They have they have the, the, the ceiling painted to look like the sky, but it's 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 just it's so dark in there. Like it's yeah. so like it's you see blue skies above you but there's like no light anywhere. There's at all. no light anywhere. There's no clocks in the rooms. No, the, you, you never know what time it is. You never see the outdoors. Mm-hmm. You're all isolated in these little corridors leading from one shop to another with slot machines all along the way. You're flying back soon. Are you looking forward to not being yes. in a maze of, <laughs> I, of lights designed to bewilder and, and slowly damage you enough no, to, that you sit down at a craps table very and spend ex- Very excited to see a real tree that's not a palm tree. Very, saw, very clearly... excited to like touch grass because there's no grass in Las Vegas. No, it's actually, I think, illegal in a lot of parts of the city to have like a grass lawn. Yeah. Which is, so one of the things, so obviously Vegas is, in an objective sense, incredibly wasteful. A huge amount of resources get poured into what is effectively just for gaming. But um, the other thing, like another thing that you have to hold in your mind when you recognize that is that of all of the states in the Southwest utilizing the very limited water resources there, if I'm not mistaken, because I was just reading an article about this, Nevada is the one state that has reduced its water usage while yeah. it's grown by like three quarters of a million people. Yeah. Um, so it, it contains multitudes. <laughs> and also Nevada, like Vegas is where the, the I, I'm spacing on the name right now, but basically you have all of these different states in the Southwest that are all kind of coming together to try to figure out how to deal with the fact that uh, uh, Lake Mead is water levels are getting lower and the Colorado river is disappearing in some areas. And it is the only thing that makes life out here possible on the scale that it currently exists on. Um, and a couple of months before CES, they had their big, uh, meeting in Las Vegas in order to talk about how to try and deal with the calamitous water situation. So it, it is very much this city that is like filled with simulacra of the past, um, which it uses to try to hack your brain to get you to s- stay up for four days in a row gambling and spending tens of thousands of dollars. And it also, because it's the best place to hold a convention in, in a very technical sense, like it is the most prepared for a large convention. They, they, this city can handle 150, 200,000 people coming in overnight and needing places to stay and needing infrastructure in order to... So it's also where a lot of things about the future get decided, which is... When you spend enough time walking kind, kind into of hotels, horrifying. it's kind of horrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The fact that important decisions get made in this in this just realm of in, in this place that's designed to be mind altering. Yeah, like it exactly. Is, it is it is crafted. We're not like joking about this. There are no clocks in the hotel rooms. Like the casinos are crafted to to damage your perception of time. Um, so I don't know that somebody should maybe look into that. <laughs> it's, I, mean, I, I do like when you're talking about Lake Mead. Just a great example of the overall vibes of Las Vegas is as as Lake Mead is drying up, we keep finding bodies inside the lake. Yes, 
Yeah, like the, bodies that have been there a long time. Bodies of people who had alternate ideas about how Vegas should look. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were probably in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, wait, well, walked walked through the Venetian, walked through Caesar's Palace. Uh, they they had they had some nice vaporwave uh, mm-hmm. LEDs displays outside. Mm-hmm. Briefly went into the, the the Paris one, which was honestly, I think they Paris handled this handled the fake sky the worst mm-hmm. because not only was this the sky painted ceiling so low the the bottom part of the eiffel tower just stops where the ceiling stops they, they, they didn't even try they don't even try to continue the illusion it's just it just is a, is a hard stop yeah um we rode a roller coaster we we went to new york we, we went to the new That's york all a little blurry for me because you were I, so I, drunk <laughs> <laughs> but i i, I, I just tr- bought a I, I i i dumped the the attempt at like buying drinks from places and just got a handle of woodford reserve which allegedly you can mix into one of the THC pina coladas that they have, and allegedly is a pretty good time. We we went to Rainforest Cafe. I unfortunately <laughs> bought. You got sicker than I did eating I, that Rainforest Cafe dessert. I I I, I bought I, I bought this volcano cake, and it was quite regrettable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we walked over to the New York themed casino inside Las Vegas. So if you want a city themed casino inside the city that you're in, you can go there. Just <laughs> but creating, a different city. Creating microcosms within microcosms. <laughs> you're just like the, the nesting yeah. nesting all the way down. And I, I, in an effort to make both me and Robert vomit, mm-hmm. uh, we went on a roller coaster, <laughs> which we barely survived. <laughs> <laughs> that did feel like a very dangerous roller coaster. That was... <laughs> we were so close to vomiting everywhere. <laughs> just yeah, it was a good time. It was um, pretty fun. I felt great. So that I just felt people would enjoy your uh, your your first Vegas experience. And of course, you stayed at Circus Circus, which we just yeah. walked through earlier today. One last time. One final. One final got, goodbye. Got to see a family of four with thirty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine on losing forty thousand dollars at Circus Circus. <laughs> at, Unbelievable. At the worst casino in the world. Well, I think in order to segue into our next topic, mm-hmm. it's pronounced think, Sieg. I think Las Vegas is probably one of the most heavily surveilled cities in in the United States. It would be hard to find one with more, especially yeah. when you're on the Strip. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of Las Vegas. I have family who live here, and they can go years without visiting the fucking Strip because it's terrible. Um, but but another, strip, yeah. another, and and so kind of in a similar sense, uh, at CES, there was a lot of stuff about surveillance, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff about... Uh, you know, collect di- different new innovative ways to collect data on you and your and your appliances and what's in your home. Um, do we want to start start by talking about the uh, the homme de pure of of sur- surveillance tech? Yeah, um, there was actually just an article in the Washington Post about this, about how unsafe uh, quite a bit of it is. And one of the things that you may have caught in some of your news, because this was probably one of the more viral stories, is that there was a lot of piss-based technology. A, a, a lot of pee analyzation. Yeah, Vivu had a thing. And- there was there was at least three different uh, pee test kits that were on the show floor. I think some of them won some uh, some of the CES Innovation Awards where basically you can analyze what's in your urine. Yeah, and they these are always framed as like it can let you give you confirmation if you have a UTI. It can help people who have all these different illnesses. It can help diabetics. Um, and I, I'm sure there's a degree to which that's true. But I I asked the Vivu lady, and I I didn't speak with the uh, there was another called um, UScan uh, by Withings, and and U UScan's urine sensor analyzes hormone levels in urine. 
In- that's interesting. Yeah, which is is why it won some awards, and also why uh, a bunch of folks, including Consumer Reports, um, put out like a warning about it, saying like we shouldn't be celebrating this. This is an incredibly dangerous product because it all is going to your phone. The data is being collected digitally, and if, for example, you are in a state that heavily restricts women's access to reproductive health care, uh, there is literally nothing stopping the law enforcement or the government of those states from demanding all of that data be handed over, potentially even in real time. There's absolutely nothing stopping that. And the company's already said they'll comply with law enforcement with government requests. Um, and there's they don't have any kind of plan for the, the fact that they are creating a way to surveil people's bodies um, for the government. Um, and when I, I talked to the one of the representatives of Vivu, which is another one of these urine companies that I don't believe detects your hormone levels, but but does is generating a lot of data about your body, a lot of biometric data. And the the most she would give me is that it, the data is encrypted, which great that Fan- <laughs> that that's a fancy word for saying yeah we have it. <laughs> we are we are sitting here right after one of the most uh, damaging data hacks of all time which has uh it was was last pass it was one of the massive password collecting apps where you basically like centralize all your passwords behind one and it remember and like it a lot of people are exposed as a result of that and um i i i just think that like the the this show such a massive part of it was we have we are de- debuting devices that will allow you to monitor different parts of your body at all times and get real time biometric your, data. Your body and your house and centralizing yeah. all this data about you. Yeah, we'll in talk one, about Ring in a second. In, in one place because that's the same thing with like smart homes and smart appliances were very popular. Smart cars were a very big thing. And um, we're, we're talking about like smart cities were another yeah. big thing for just other ways to centralize all of the data about what you own, where it is, um, and how to effectively provide advertising to get you to buy more. Yeah, there's an attempt being made by Republicans in Oklahoma right now to make it criminal to do gender transition if you are under 26 years of age. Yeah. There's no reason why a product like this couldn't be used to determine whether or not somebody is illegally taking taking hormones hormones in a state where they are attempting to restrict trans people. Like, it's this is all... We're not just being, like, fuddy-duddies. These are all very serious implications, and... um. There's zero thought, zero evidence of thought being given to it with any of the biometric companies. Now, one of the reasons we talked about that, those smart glasses um, that are for people who are hearing impaired, that caption conversations live around them, one of the reasons I was impressed by that is that it's all a closed loop. None of it goes to your smartphone. None of it's broadcast wirelessly. Um, It is all on device, and none of it is stored anywhere. And when they said that, that was part of what convinced me these people understand the responsibility they have delivering a healthcare product. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We should move on to the other part of the Panopticon that we saw uh, and talk about Ring. Yeah, the, the the Ring booth was one of the more terrifyingly dystopian booths in its, you know, in its... Describe it for our listeners. Well, I mean, it's... They, they basically made, like, a white picket house. Yep. Um, and, it's, you know, it's, Again, CES, these are massive, massive buildings, and so they do... People can construct a full house in there, and yeah. they did. So, like, you know, there's fake fake green grass, a nice little fence, this perfect little idyllic home, and the massive, massive sign above was, like, uh, you know, ring, keep, like, keeping, our, keeping your neighborhood safe, you know, like, all oh of, all of, all of that, that type of messaging. Um, the, in the model home they had, there was, like, a dozen cameras on, you know, every, all, all around the sides. Every mu- approach on the outside. Multiple yeah. cameras on the doors. There's a doorbell camera, a peephole camera, camera on the fence. They had um, one door with three cameras on the door itself. Yep. And, I mean, Ring is owned by Amazon. There was, you know, Alexa, Alexa-assisted Alexa Ring cameras. Um, all of this data gets gets used by law enforcement. A, a, a Ring uh, partners, like, directly with law enforcement to make data, like, immediately available and make feeds immediately uh, available. And... Uh, the probably the silliest thing we saw at the ring booth was this home security tiny little drone. Yeah. So basically they've built and it's weird because the um so the box that comes in looks like a a fucking um dehumidifier that I used to have or humidifier that I used to have in my house. It's almost identical. Um but it's like this little plastic box and a drone can take off and fly out of it. Uh and the drone trains itself on your house so it knows how to get around. And if somebody, it thinks somebody's breaking in, uh, a person who is effectively like works for Ring, like an actual human being sitting in uh, a call center somewhere, takes control of the drone and can confront someone in your house, which I, I guess there's a potential security benefit there. But also, you are signing up to allow Amazon to have a random person travel around your home at any hour of the night in a in a thing they control in a little flying machine that they control and that i cannot put myself in the i i get obviously i get 
wanting to have cameras. I don't think it's unreasonable to have security cameras on your home. I even understand how some people who are not as privacy conscious as I am could be like, yeah, I don't care if it's connected to the internet, um, even though that's not a thing I like. I can't put myself in the head of somebody who would want that thing in their house. Yeah, it's bizarre because like, obviously there's niche, like again, like health related. Maybe if you've got like an illness or something, you might want something like that. Like I, I can understand how very specific purpose driven needs, but like as a normal person wanting an Amazon employee to be able to wander around your home seems weird to me. I mean, it's obviously also all that data getting used by Amazon yes. can scan your entire house, figure out what, what products you buy yep. you know what what non-amazon things are inside your home what types of trends that you're using and all that can get used to help get you to buy more things the 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 one of the more insidious parts of like all of the marketing and some of like the uh some of like the video commercials for ring that we saw you know playing on these giant giant screens inside is they're they're really trying to also push they're they're trying to push and normalize using ring as a part of your everyday life but for non-security means, mm-hmm. like you know, when you're leaving your grandma's house, you say goodbye to her in her little mm-hmm. ring camera. You know, when you, when you're getting to your friend's house, you do little funny pranks in front of their ring camera. Yeah. It's like it's all these different ways to make ring seem like this fun and normal thing to like play with your it's friends social. and your family. It's yeah. social. And when in re- reality, look again. It, it, Security cameras are inherently antisocial. It doesn't mean that there aren't good reasons to have one. And I, as someone who's been burglarized, I, I do understand that. Um, it's not bad, but it's antisocial because you are surveilling people because you're worried about what they might do. That is that is a fundamentally antisocial thing. And so the attempt to like turn that, the attempt to kind of like merge that into normal family life and to make it like friendly is is really bad. Yeah. I think that we. I briefly stopped by the ADT booth, and this is kind of this is, this is kind of similar to the little drone that we just talked about, but a little bit more ridiculous. Yes, um, they have at the ADT booth this home security robot, like a six six foot tall robot, with a with like an like like an uh, like a LCD little yeah. face with this big smile on it, and they always it is, smile, and it's powered or not powered. It is controlled. By you, the owner, by wearing an Oculus headset, and it it has it has rolling feet, so it can move around by rolling. But it's like six, six feet tall. It has two arms, massive smiling face, and if if you have you know your headset with you and you think someone's breaking into your home, you can put this on and control this robot to like chase them out yeah and i i was overhearing the adt guys talking about it and they're like yeah this is even this is even just like a great deterrence like imagine you're if, if, if someone's breaking into your home Ugh. and then they see a massive smiling robot rolling towards you i i would I, I would run away very quickly and like and like like what this this thing has to cost like tens of tens of thousands of dollars and yeah. like this is what you're doing to feel like this, you're willing to spend that much money to to create this sense of safety really yeah. really this is this is what you're doing you're 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 getting a robot that gets powered by a facebook headset and so you can walk around your house in a rolling robot to make sure no one's going to come you know take random shit from your house yeah when like what number one um anyone who would do that is is the kind of person that needs to be have things taken from them <laughs> um but number two like if you're actually concerned for your actual safety, and again, I I think that's perfectly valid. Um, none of these 
drones. This robot is robo- security theater. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's theater. It's easy to to like damage. It's easy. You can to, knock it. It's it's on two wheels. It. You knock it over. It yeah. can't get up. Put on block so that you're completely covered. <laughs> knock it over and then proceed to rob the house. It's not useful. It's it's, it's, a, it's just a, a security alarm at that point. It's 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 wild and like and people will find ways to hack them and stuff. You know you can't hack. Uh, a a well-trained guard dog which also will cost you tens of thousands of dollars less and will love you (laughs) like a doberman pincher will kill your enemies if they break into your home and loves you (laughs) like the the same way you know there was people getting into alexa machines a few years ago there was alexa alexa machines listening and sending info when they weren't supposed to there was a a mass uh, there was a a pretty big incident actually in portland a few years Mm -hmm. ago of of Alexa listening in to yeah. when it was wasn't supposed to and and fi- and like listening to different conversations and try, trying to finish conversational cues, mm-hmm. um, you know it's only a matter of time before someone figures out how to control how to remotely control one of these ADT robots and you have yeah. some, something like rolling around in your house that you don't control anymore. Like it's yeah, there are um, it it there are always vulnerabilities in these things and they always get hacked. Um, and more to the point, like. Well, if you have some sort of security drone, like your Ring drone, there's no way, like, again, Amazon would comply with law enforcement requests. There's nothing that says law enforcement, if you, it was part of an investigation, could not use this technology to surveil you in real time. Yeah. Um, so, I don't like that. Um, not my favorite. And while we're, when we're talking about surveillance, uh, we can't ignore uh, our good friends at Palantir. Now... If you haven't been paying attention to the surveillance industry, Palantir is a company that exists to collect data and build machine solutions and machine learning solutions um, to surveil people and to help equipment like drones targeting and whatnot work better. They're an intelligence company, right? There's like lots of systems. They do systems. It's not like they make a single product. They help build systems to collect data and enable governments and militaries to make decisions off of that data. That is like the thing that they do primarily. Systems analysts, yeah. the tracking. I mean like what one of the yeah. one of the things we saw was them, you know, analyzing home data around like water conservation, right? They they're trying to put a variety of their usage not yeah. just kill brown people. But um, but they do a lot of the primary the center of their booth was this massive military truck with a huge armored box on the back that was filled with computers specifically to collect data and to um, like do command and control for drone fleets in theater. Um, and one of the things you know when you see a vehicle of that size, and it was very massive, is that, well, this is, not a t- this is intended either to be very far back from the front, which, which mitigates some of the uses of it, or it is intended to be used in an area in which the enemy does not have air power. Um, but so, again, the kind of places where you're just bombing them, right? Like theaters like Yemen, where the rebels have minimal ability to do something like bomb a gigantic truck that's a target. Um, but you have kind of unrestricted ability to do stuff like drone strike school buses, which has happened repeatedly there. Um, we had a couple of conversations with the good people at Palantir. Uh, they were, I don't, I, th- I think we kind of figured out they were primarily there looking for talent because they were looking not, for people to recruit, yeah. looking for different things to integrate into their systems. Yeah, they would not show much of what they had. No, uh, everything inside the van itself was uh, uh, classified. Here, would you hand me my phone? I yeah, find that person's name. 
But yeah, everything in there was was classified. Whenever we started talking, especially the first time we were there, because I started asking some pretty specific questions about what was actually in that and how it worked and how it was different from current drone command and control solutions. And there was a very specific woman with Palantir who, no matter who I was talking to, would come up behind me and kind of direct conversation. And I think also was there to listen to the answers that were being provided to me and stop people from saying things on her team yep. if they weren't supposed to say them. Um, there were a couple of occasions in which uh, I asked, hey, can we check this thing out on the inside? And we were told, no, it was classified. No one else could get in. You we have to you have to gain permission from the army, they yeah. said. I definitely saw some um, individuals exit it, but they were Palantir people. But then the next day, we came back, um, and I watched a, a woman exit the vehicle um, and a man from Palantir with her, but the woman was not from Palantir. Now, people wear badges at CES, so their names are on display. And what they do is on display, although it's easy to look this person up, and I saw she had a badge as a speaker. Her name was uh, Mary... Or sorry, her name was Melody Hildebrandt. Um, so I, I Googled Melody Hildebrandt because uh, I wanted to know, she does not work for Palantir. What is she doing inside Palantir's giant class, classified robot murder box? Uh, Melody is the president of Blockchain Creative Labs and the chief information security officer for the Fox company, for the you know that Fox corporation. So it looked like... <laughs> by the way, her, uh, <laughs> her Twitter says... Uh, CISO, Fox Web 3, engineering, cybersecurity, former war gamer, lover of farm animals. I bet. Um, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, over here we've got her retweeting a post about Anduril, which is um, one of the uh, Peter Thiel companies like Palantir is, uh, raising $1.48 in their Series E funding. Um, this new funding will enable us to accelerate R&D and bring new cutting-edge autonomous defense capabilities to market. Now, I don't know... Why? I, I, I wonder what they mean by the word defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's also pro NFT, so that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet to her in a little bit. Um, but no, it was it was very clear that there was you know yeah. there was PR people on the ground to make sure that l the line of questioning, if they were to if people were asking questions about their surveillance tech, about this uh, big Titan truck, which is what it's called, Titan. Um, that there's only very very specific answers, and like they were not there to talk to journalists, they were not there to talk to media. They they were there to recruit people to you know become more capable at their surveillance tech. That was that was very clear. Uh, they were also right across the street, right across the hall from uh, the fantastic RoboSend Transformers robots. So on the, one side you have a fun Optimus Prime robot that transforms. The other side you have the rolling metal death cage. So that was that was that was most of Palantir. They 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 had this um, skybox, which was this box that had like encrypted communications technology, uh, drones and drone piloting drone piloting technology, and like uh, you know a military computer that all in this little tiny box that they can drop into people who are you know in basically. Drop into people who yeah. are in trouble. Yeah, they were they were they were building it as basically uh, number one. It would be for it could be for special forces teams. It has like a laptop in there. It has uh, potentially several drones in there, um, and it has like a bunch of specially modified field cameras, so you could set up surveillance on an area. Um, and and those cameras kind of work with a machine learning algorithm to do stuff like try and identify where landmines are. And, and again, like these are 
the the stuff that's problematic primarily about Palantir is it's it's data collecting, it's surveillance, and the fact that we know that drone warfare is generally pretty fucked up uh, oh. and has an extremely high civilian casualty rate and is used in a lot of theaters. Obviously, not in a, in a lot of theaters where they are primarily just massacring people, uh, either fighting for their freedom or trying to survive. This is the problem with it. Obviously, all of this tech will also be used in generally positive things. Like, for example, dropping a box like this into the hands of some Ukrainian special forces guys to to integrate them into a more uh, advanced command and control network so they have better access to tactical data. Like, is not a thing. I don't specifically have a problem with that application. The problem is more broadly Palantir. Um. Do, and, do you want to do, do you want to briefly yeah. explain in case people yeah. are not Lord of the Rings fans? So, <laughs> again, these are all companies owned by Peter Thiel, who is a self-described fascist. Uh, believes in ending democracy. Uh, believes that democracy and freedom are not compatible because freedom uh, he defines specifically as the ability of people with lots of money to not have any kind of restrictions on their behavior or what they can compel other people to do. Peter Thiel owns Palantir and Anduril. Um, the Palantir, Palantir, both of those are names from Lord of the Rings. And in Lord of the Rings, the Palantir was an orb given by the big bad guy, Sauron, to one of his lackeys, a wizard named Saruman, so that he could surveil any part of Middle-earth he wanted in order to send his armies to crush the free peoples of the world. Like that is that is literally it's, what this company is named after. It is the bad guy surveillance tech yeah. to use the Orokai against the free people of Middle Earth. It is it is specifically something that only evil people use. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool that the whole company is named after. And there were all these very nice, polite people in uh, Patagonia style yep. uh, vests with Palantir logos stitched on them, standing around. Um, happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm curious as to why Melody Hildebrandt was inside there. What the chief information security officer of Fox would want to do with one of those vans? That is curious. That is curious. Hmm. She's on Twitter. <laughs> I did reach out to her. But we we also saw a few of the robot dogs. We saw the Boston Dynamics one, which was very impressive in how it moves. Yeah. Um, then we saw one much more cheaper. Um, uh, model of a, of, a, of a robot dog that had not as great mobility, but it seemed to be more more suited towards the types of the types of style of dogs that were that we've seen law enforcement start to buy. Yeah, um, the cheaper ones with less flexibility, more mounts to attach, you know, things to the top of the robot, which you don't really see with uh, the Boston Dynamics ones. They they do no. not like mounting extra things on. No, but the the other robot dog we saw had this little arm that it yeah. was that it was that that had attached to the top. That was in the robotic section, pr- pretty close to Palantir. That one was much less impressive than though, because we saw both robot dogs, and these are if you've seen video of a robot dog that people are freaking about on, out about online. These are those robot dogs. Um, the one we saw with the arm on it did not move. It was number one controlled directly by a guy with a controller. It was not odd autonomous and it didn't move very smoothly no the sitting in front of the boston dynamics bot spot and watching it move was really surreal it was number one we both talked about this garrison it's like watching cgi in real life because it's it's so fine-tuned yeah it moves like a living thing but it clearly is not yeah 
Um, and it moves like a living thing enough that it is not, it's not an uncanny valley. That's not the right way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, no. Because it, it, the movements are kind of perfect. Yeah. It's just not it's, alive. It's almost, it, it's, it's, it's not uncanny valley. It's almost like, instead, it, it's like too perfect. Yeah. It's, it's just so fine-tuned. It's, it, was pretty, it was pretty impressive to watch. It was very impressive. And it, it, it's become obvious to me that like one of the things that absolutely is going on at Boston Dynamics is that they feel there is it there is an it is important to them as a business some of this may just be that they this is a personal challenge for a lot of these engineering guys but i i suspect they also see this as valuable to their business to replicate physical emotionality and when i talk about that when you like watch a dog right you can tell a dog's emotions from the way that the dog moves because that's how dogs work um the robot dog expresses physical emotion and obviously it doesn't feel emotion but it physically expresses emotion in a similar way to a dog, like curiosity. They're very good at mimicking a curious dog in the way its body language works, which is really wild. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. That would be one of the things I did not like. Um, I mean, it's impressive. A lot of this stuff is objectively impressive. I mean, most of the other ro- robotics we saw there w- was not that impressive. Yeah. Like, I saw this this robot bartender that was making boba, but oh, it but it didn't know... It didn't know how or it wasn't able to actually deliver the boba onto the secondary robot that delivers the boba. So this 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 one robot with arms made made the drink, a human picked it up, inspected it, then put it on a secondary robot which then delivered the drink. And I and this technology, I mean I 
I I was eating at a uh, at a at a Burmese place in Portland a few months ago where they were using this same food delivery robot system. It's not it's not brand new. It's just becoming cheaper and more people are trying to like make it a thing. And there was so there was a lot of those types of things, a lot of like R2D2 on Jabba's sail barge like d- delivering drinks yeah. style style robots that are autonomous. Like they do move themselves around. They they don't need a, a remote controller. But they're not that impressive. But th- that that was like the majority of stuff in the, in the robotic section was that there was a few other kind of smaller rolling robots that were uh, to, and, and to were... assist like elderly people. Like if if someone falls down, this robot kind of goes around and will yeah. help you. And um, I yeah, I don't feel well. Th- that specific stuff, I don't feel like well suited to describe like to to guess as to how well it would work. Um, but I, I think more broadly talking about autonomous tech, because that was one of the biggest product categories at CES. It was all over the place. Um, there were a lot of cars and a lot of companies doing autonomous software and LiDAR solutions for cars. I consider that all to be vaporware. There's a great deal of evidence here, but fully autonomous vehicles um, in the way that some of these companies are advertising is simply not... They simply do, do not exist at the moment. Do not exist and will not exist. And we did talk to a couple of people... So, again, for the stuff that's very real about autonomous tech, there's things like driver assistance. So, for, like, truck drivers to allow them to strain and stress themselves less while driving and to help um, make certain things like backing up and parking that can be very difficult in certain environments safer by having more cameras and machine assistance. That makes sense. And one of the people who worked at one of those companies said to us, um, yeah, there's no such thing as autonomous trucks or cars like they don't exist outside of very tightly controlled conditions all we are trying to do is make truck driving safer and less stressful on the driver which sounds great um i mean obviously it it, uh, there's problems with the way the trucking industry exists outside of that but that sounds again like one of those products meant to actually mitigate worker fatigue and discomfort and potentially make shit safer so I'm, i'm on board with that kind of stuff but um, the other like a, a autonomous and smart tech that we and like and like like smart, smart mm-hmm. cars, um, EV uh, uh, like mm-hmm. electronic vehicles and autonomous stuff. There was some stuff at the John Deere booth which it was pushing towards automation, like we talked about in the yeah. last episode. And, and then we'll, also their their uh, EV tractor just launched. Which so John Deere, if you're not aware, has had a series of long running legal battles, particularly with farmers in Ukraine, over the fact that they do not want it to be possible or legal for you to repair your tractor if you're a farmer. Farmers have previously in history often repaired and fixed and modified their vehicles. Um, This is both necessary. If a thing breaks, you can't always get it back to a manufacturing facility in time. A lot of farms are in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) A lot of farms are in the middle of nowhere, which is where food comes from. And you also, like, you can't wait. You can't just be like, well, let's just put harvesting off for a week or two. That, That is a problem. Um, John Deere sees that as a severe threat to their profits, and they have fought viciously in courts uh, to make it to try to make it illegal to repair your own devices. Um, they have lost a lot of those fights in the United States, and to its credit, the Biden administration has taken a strong stance in favor of the right to repair. And what we saw from John Deere at this CES was a bunch of very impressive autonomous products that just coincidentally, will also make it completely impossible to repair your tractors. I mean, like, specifically with the new EV tractor that launched, so much of it is a computer that it is yeah. impossible to repair unless you work for John Deere. Like, we, yeah. we, 
when we asked them, like, hey, you know, if, if, if this thing breaks down, how, how would a farmer go about trying to fix this? Since it is, a, a lot of it is, like, not, it's, it's, it's not, like, motors and stuff from, like, a classic car. It is, it, it is, like, a, it is computer-driven. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, they just can't. It's just, it's just so complicated that an average person cannot repair this, like, at all. It's just, it just isn't possible. So that's the way they are going to try to get around this uh, this right to repair issue. Yeah, we will just and and, the, and it's being done under the guise of we well, you, you know by having this much more advanced, we can use a lot less pesticides, which is better for the soil, better for everything. Um, you using know, you less can, carbon emissions. Using with less your carbon. EV tractor. The farmer will have more time because the vehicle can handle this autonomously. So that's eight hours. The farmer, you know, gets to to spend doing something else, and um, all of this stuff that's kind of meant to distract from like, well, I guess, yeah, maybe he'll have more time, but also substantially less autonomy and be completely dependent upon the John Deere corporation in order to produce the food that human beings need to survive. Um, I'm also going to point it out there and say, I started this by saying that like one of the major lawsuits was between John Deere and a lot of, a group of Ukrainian farmers. Um, the same farmers, presumably who were towing a lot of Russian ordnance away with their John Deere tractors. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That it's that kind of stuff, and one of the things that I I think looking at a lot of this autonomous tech, some of it's great, some of it could will save lives, some of it rather than like reducing the need for humans to do work that it would be good if they didn't have to do, will do just what you recognize, create an even less human job for a human, like taking drinks from a robot that makes drinks yeah. to a robot that carries them to people because yeah. we, we just couldn't figure out that interstitial <laughs> step. So your job <laughs> as a human being, as a, as a member of, of, of a species that spent millions of years evolving to be capable of creating nearly anything, your job will be to take a drink from one robot and set it down at another. I mean, we, 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 the thing is like, that we already had that same idea in factories. Like as, as as factories have gone towards being more made by machines, there still is factory workers who need to do all those little in between steps. So we're taking this factory model and now just applying it to customer service, doing the same thing, trying to automate as much as possible, and then only rely on humans for all of these little in between steps that, for some reason, the robots and all of the autonomous tech just isn't very good at yet, or you know, isn't really focused on completing. And that's that's the main thing that that uh, humans are gonna be are gonna be doing in the in the autonomous boba store that's gonna come to your neighborhood in like ten years. Speaking of bad things about the future, or at least the present, let's talk about Elon Musk's celebrity death tunnel. So, if you're not aware, Elon, one of the the companies actually the company he started that is based on his own legitimate ideas is the Boring Company. <laughs> Um, which makes big tubes underground uh, so that people can drive their individual cars through them and avoid traffic. Uh, now, Elon Musk is a man who takes his private jet between airports in the same city in order to avoid traffic. There is nothing he hates more than the idea of being a normal person or being at all connected to the lives of regular people, which is why you get a private jet um, when you could just like fly first class or something, because even if you're flying per first class, you're still going to an airport and through security around like people, the, the poor's, the poor's. Yeah. Um, Elon has been vociferous about his hatred of of traffic um, and public but, transit, but also he hates public transit because yeah. you might sit next to a serial killer. Um, so his solution is dig holes underground and let people drive there, and. Uh, 
most of the cities that have attempted to have boring tunnels completed have been ghosted by the company. It is kind of a con. Um, but they did build one in Las Vegas, and Garrison and I used it. Uh, and it took us from one side of the convention center to the other. Um, we Potentially, if we had made the most use of this service, we, we might have gotten, I don't know, five to seven minutes yeah. that we didn't have to walk. Just just you and me alone inside the Tesla, not having to be around other people in uh, in, in the well, that's in, funny too, in the like, RGB tunnel. If you're in he, one of the things Elon Musk literally said is like, well, if you take public transit, you might sit next to some serial killer. The way this tunnel thing works is you tell them whether you're going east or west and they put you in a Tesla that some dude is driving that you don't know. And then they fill the Tesla with other with people. With other people. That you also don't know. You're still sitting next to strangers. <laughs> and you're in this this tube that is lit up the same way a pair of like razor gaming headphones are lit up. Um, and you just slowly are drive stuck in this tunnel with two random people who you don't know. Very no possible escape. Um, I horrible. Like one thing I feel like, obviously if you're in like New York or something or Berlin, I've been in a lot of cities where I've traveled on the underground and I don't feel scared traveling in the underground because those have existed for a very long time. And so we know what happens when there's floods and when there's fires. And there's a lot of systems built, which is why you don't generally hear about a shitload of people dying in subway. It's an extremely safe way to travel. This tunnel is filled with vehicles that take, we know, about 55,000 gallons of water to put out a fire when the battery catches fire. And the batteries on Teslas, we also know, catch fire with some regularity. And you are trapped in a tunnel. Uh, there is sometimes traffic. Near the end of our ride, we wound up in a line of like 20 Teslas. And that did not feel good. No. Because you just you can see nothing but Teslas ahead of you and behind you. And you're surrounded entirely by this tight, claustrophobic wall with absolutely no emergency exits visible. So instead or fire of, suppression systems visible. I don't know what they have installed, but you can't see anything. You cannot see a thing. All you see is the... Razor RGB gaming mouse, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then as as so as soon as we got off this this thing that was supposed to take us to like the central area, it just took us to the other side of the convention center. In order to actually get to where we needed to go, we just used the monorail, the thing that's yeah. been there for a long time and yeah. works fine. <laughs> and monorails are also not great ideas for a lot of reasons, but it got us right to the other end of the strip very quickly, conveniently, cleanly. It took cost five dollars, um, so. Good work, Elon. Love the tunnel. Hope you're proud. Ringing, ringing endorsement. Can't wait for there to be tunnels like that in every city. Don't worry, they won't. The boring company is not a real company. Um. Yeah. Anything else, Gare? I mean, we already talked about the di- the digital health stuff, which was a very big part of CES. Um. Yeah, that's. I think that's most of what we want to touch on for now. Okay. Well, that's going to just about do it for all of us here at whatever show this is. Um, we will, at some point, have some stuff based on... Oh, yeah, actually, let's, let's end by... I want to end by talking about, um, I guess, another good thing, but it's a good thing that relates to the bad things. Um, we ran across a, a booth on our way out that, on the first day I had seen, and I had thought was just... Um, like a, I, I had assumed it was like a, a GPS solution or something because the, the company was called Off Grid, um, and it's the Off Grid phone. Uh, we talked to the founder of the company, Ben Wilson, who is just a guy who, as he put it, does not like that uh, 
we consistently ceded more and more control over our data and over our communications to large companies and and governments and whoever the fuck else gets access to these massive anonymous or massive not anonymous data sets and wanted to build a thing for himself that could eventually replace his smartphone. Um, so he and the company he started have produced these, they're dumb phones at this moment that can text and can call and do encrypted end to end communication. They also, if you are off grid, like in the middle of nowhere and you and your friends have these, you can communicate through text or through phone to each other, even if there is no network, right? The phones themselves do like make a network. They communicate just, just to each other. Just to each other. They do, they do not connect to the wider internet. Yeah. Which is really cool and potentially extremely useful. This is, this is, um, there's a number of applications that this could have, Garrison. You mentioned that the Atlanta forest defense people could benefit from something like this because it will it effectively, they're about 200 bucks a piece. Anyone who can afford a few of these, you can set up your own secure comms network for wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Well, and and the other, the other <laughs> yeah. feature of this is that you can set it onto something called sheep mode, mm-hmm. where basically if... If if you suspect that that uh, someone who you don't want to, to look at your phone, whether that's law enforcement, mm-hmm. whether that's ra- other uh, random uh, random other people, you can set it to this mode that when they when they either seize or or, ga- or gain gain possession of this device, all of the 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 data is immediately wiped before they can actually open up the phone, uh, and they will open it up. They will see this fake profile j- that called the uh, called well not not fake profile but like this. This alternate profile called that the, you set up called the sheep profile, which shows mm-hmm. not not the stuff that not the stuff that you were using the phone yeah. for. It can and either then, just be blank, or you could like stick some th- numbers in there. Yeah. You could have like a series of fake texts. But and then and, and but if you ever regain possession of the phone, you're able to put in um, a, 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 a special a, a special password that will. It will uh, send the data. Uh, it'll 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 inc- send the data through encryption back onto this yeah. device, so you still have the things that you would have lost. And, and obviously, there's a, a degree of, of uh, like you would have to have some trust for the company. Yes, because which, as Ben says, like and Ben says, like we are attempting to do this. He was very open about the fact that that they have the phones. We saw them. Like some of this stuff is still getting but built out. It is. It is. St- is still in development. They're still figuring out but different it, ways to keep yeah. the servers secure, to protect the servers from subpoenas yeah. from the American government and from other from other governments. Like there's this. This is still something that yeah. is being worked on. Uh, it was just one of the, you know, we we see a lot of like mm-hmm. a, a lot of lofty promises and, a, and yeah. a very very little thing to show for. This this is one of the things that had actually you know just this one guy that had you know mm-hmm. some pretty some pretty relatable promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and was very open about what they have done and what they haven't done and what yeah. they're trying to do. No, he, 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 was, he, was, he was not yeah. bullshitting. He wasn't trying to overemphasize what it can do um, or what it can do at the moment. Like it's, it's still being worked on, but this is one of, one yeah. of, one of, the, fu- one of the future things that we, will be, that we will want to follow up on. Yeah. In, in, we're, we're, I think we're going to try to have Ben on the show in the near future because they're going to be doing a Kickstarter to fund one of the next phases of production of this. Um, but you can you can look them up yourself. You can buy the version one of their product, which is on sale and functional now, at offgridphone.com, spelled the way you would expect. Um, so yeah, check out offgridphone.com. We found it interesting. We'll be following up on that. Um, ben gave me very strong, the good kind of libertarian vibes. Uh, yeah. Reminded me of a couple of people I've, I, I used to hang out with in my youth. And... Uh, it, it's very much as that kind of like product of just a cranky guy who knows tech and is angry 
at all of the data being sucked up and all of the data that we just kind of agree together we're going to give away to unsavory characters because life in the modern world is kind of impossible if you don't do that. No, and um, like one of one of the things on his signs was something along the lines of don't let the popo look at your phone. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's yeah. it is somebody who gets it. Yeah, yeah. We liked we liked Ben. Um so yeah, that is uh that is the dark side of of the future of tech as this year's CES has unveiled it to us. Um, you know, this is the also the conclusion of our reporting directly on the convention itself. We will have some reporting in the future that'll be influenced by things we found here that we're going to continue to look up. But um, and and we should yeah. have we should have some of the audio that we pulled from inside the convention center. Yeah, uh, that should be edited together sometime yeah, in the you near can future. Hear me talk to Palantir. That'll be fun. Uh, yes, as as a little kind of documentary, little daily diary of 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 what we were actually doing on the ground. So that's yeah. being worked on. But this is this is the, as we're recording right now. This is the final day of CES. We are almost done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have. We, we are have, both very we, sore. We it is to, <laughs> surprisingly hard on your body. We have to enter Eureka Park one more time, but then we will be finished, mm-hmm. and then we'll have to upload this and and edit. Edit the rest of the stuff we've made into into a little piece for you. So that so, is that is still coming. You say we, which was very generous. You're going to be doing that. Me and Daniel. I don't. Be yeah, doing, yeah. I will not that. be editing anything. Um, I don't know how to. Anyway, go, go, go to hell. I love you. It could happen here as a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.